Hello from elsewhere. I'm Casey. And I'm Valerie. And I have a story for you, Casey. Oh, okay. So our son has been, he's a big reader. He's six years old. And he's been really into this uh, abridged version of 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Mm-hmm. So it's still like a chapter book. And he loves the story. And he's read it dozens of times. Well, this last time we went to the library and he saw two other different versions of like abridged versions of 20,000 Leagues and I told him we don't need that you have the other one at home still and he was like I just want to compare and see how they're all similar and different <laughs> so so he's doing an analysis of the abridged the different ab- abridgments mm-hmm. and the uh, the similarities and differences between them and among them exactly That's so amazing. we currently have three abridged copies of 20,000 leagues under the sea at our house has he made like a chart or anything for it yet he hasn't gotten that mm-hmm. but he has definitely pointed out things to me this one mentions this story and that one doesn't or uh, this one is shorter or you know this one has more pictures he's kind of Definitely been so among the three, he's going to be able to get the entire story. Like it won't be abridged in his mind anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, we tried to start. Um, he and I together st- started reading the you know original uh, Twenty Thousand Leagues. Oh right, right. But it's pretty advanced, just language wise. Yeah, there's some very big words. Like I had to look up things. We need to get the old uh, Disney. You know movie. what a crustacean is? A crustacean. Yeah. Is that like a crustacean but without an S? No, crustacean <laughs> is the I don't know if you call it the genus, the genus of like all whales, dolphins, oh. etc. Anyways, there's tons of like nautical terms. Mm-hmm. That I but that should be right up understand. his alley. Yes, he doesn't. He, he'd do it. probably explain it to you. <laughs> Someday he will. <laughs> Um, yeah, we should uh, find the old Disney, the old Disney version. Of I've never seen, never seen that. No, nope. it's got Peter Laurie in it. You know, Master. I don't. He doesn't say Master <laughs> in it, but but that's your that's Peter my Lurie that's my Peter impression. Laurie is Master. Yeah. I, and speaking of impressions, I'm a bit uh, embarrassed by my poor Obi Wan last time as Gandalf. Do you feel like you need to redeem yourself? Yes. yes. Here we go. Hello there. Come here, my little friend. Don't be afraid. See, that's so much better than trying to... It's not a true impression, because a true impression, you can take the voice and Say apply it to any situation, but I can just repeat things that Obi-Wan says. I can't move outside that realm. I can really only do three impressions. I can do Peter Laurie. I can do Alec Guinness as Obi-Wan, and then I can do Mr. DNA from Jurassic Park. You know, you're wearing the from shirt From your today. blood. Oh, I am. <laughs> I'm, I'm wearing my Mr. DNA shirt today. Can you do any impressions? I don't think I have any. I mean, I'm sure I've done some, but they haven't been done well. So I won't say that I own any impressions. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll take note of any that you do. We all we often do Snape, but it's just one Snape. Snape line. always comes. It's up. It's just the one Snape line of no idea <laughs> if we don't know something, which is often we, we don't know say, things. So. We always say no idea or <laughs> obviously. Those are our two. Yeah. No, I'm I'm a big movie quoter. Like, I can remember lines really well, but impressions, not so much. All right, before we get into the episode, we're going to try something new, and I haven't I haven't uh, run this by you yet. I'm, I'm ill prepared. I'm just surprising you here. <laughs> Do you remember when we first started dating, and we would um, have a, a word of the day, and you had to use it sometime throughout the day? Yeah. So we're going to do a word of the episode that, so you will pick one that I have to use, and I'll pick one that you have to use, and you have to find a way to um, nonchalantly put it into the conversation, the discussion mm. of the episode. So you be thinking of a word to give me, and the word that I'm giving you for today's episode is ubiquitous. Ubiquitous meaning 
existing or being everywhere at the same time. So constantly encountered or widespread. So you've got to find a way to use ubiquitous in today's episode. Challenge accepted. Okay. I have one for you. Okay. Because we were talking about it the other night. Oh, I know what word you're going to say. Lugubrious. Lugubrious, <laughs> which means like gloomy. Actually, this one's easy to use. I already know where I'm going to use it. <laughs> because because one of the characters we're going to talk about is like defined by his lugubriousness. So, <laughs> which speaking of, so today's episode we're going to do something a little bit fun. This is our 10th episode, so we've reached <laughs> a milestone. We've been going for 10 years now. That's how it works, right? Mm, no. A decade? We haven't even been married for 10 years. No. I haven't even known... Well, I've, I've, I've known you for 10 I'm years. I'm pretty sure that we take a year for each episode. I'm pretty sure that's how it works. It's like an alternate timeline. <laughs> we take a lot of time to make prepare. a 45-minute episode. <laughs> a lot of preparation <laughs> goes into this seemingly simple process. But yes, episode 10, It, it uh, it's not really that big of a deal, but we just thought we'd do something fun for it. So we're going to play a little game our Mirror of Erised game. We've played this before, but not on Hello from Elsewhere. We've played it before with Star Wars and Harry Potter characters. Today, we're going to play it with some completely different characters. There's no no Star Wars, no Harry Potter in this. So Whoa. Whoa. There's not even Lord of the Rings. What? Yeah. There's Wrinkling some, my brain. Yeah. So the way this works is, um, if you remember, the Mirror of Erised from Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, when, you, when a character looks into the mirror they see reflected back to them their greatest desire. So a lot of people like to take the sorting ceremony and sort fictional characters or even real life people. But we like to do kind of the same thing, but instead with the mirror of Erised and decide what these fictional characters from other universes, other intellectual properties would see in the mirror. So I've created a random list of movie and book characters. And as I said, no Star Wars, no Harry Potter, nor Lord of the Rings. Going a little bit uh, outside the usual here. And um, this is a game we might play on other episodes. So this is always a possibility. And uh, are you ready? You can just jump right in. Absolutely. All right, we're going to jump right in. The first character is Ron Swanson. What would Ron Swanson see in the mirror of Erised? Easy. He sees himself in a room surrounded by breakfast meats, Mm -hmm. sausage, bacon, ham, Actually, just all meats in general. There's, you know, definitely some big steaks from his favorite steakhouse. And uh, he's got some gold hidden somewhere in the in, underneath the meats. See, I think I think the meat thing is good, but I think that's a surface desire. I think as his greatest desire is just him. He's wearing a beautiful red sweater, and behind him is just the government in flames. <laughs> I think that is his greatest mm, desire. I could see that. There's no government. But I think he would know that with that greatest desire would come Leslie Nope's hatred. <laughs> True. But he could use the flames to cook his meat. Effective. Mm-hmm. Definitely effective. I don't. I think that would be his greatest desire is eating meat that has been cooked from the flames of burning government buildings. The perfect seasoning. <laughs> of course, no one's in there. I don't think he wants anyone to die. No, I just think no, he, doesn't, no. he doesn't want the government. Government, not yeah. people down. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he doesn't like people, let's face it. <laughs> okay, Casey, what would Miss Piggy see in the Mirror of Erised? It's a tough one because I think in the Muppets movie, the like the first of the res- when the Muppets were, you know, brought back, the um what's his name? From How I Met Your Mother? Yeah, Seagull. When he when Jason, Jason Seagull, um that movie when it, she was like a a fashion icon. I almost feel like that's her dream. 
her greatest she design. has worn more designers mm-hmm. than most like actresses in real life i believe it like she's had dresses made for her by everyone that's amazing yeah isn't it fantastic also i love that emily blunt's in that movie everyone's in that movie everyone is in that movie but like emily blunt wasn't like huge yet i mean compared to now at least she was known but. Right. But you're forgetting that her one true heart's desire is Kermit. It's true. The only reason I didn't say Kermit is because in the last the last time you and I did this, it just turned into characters shipping each other and like Chewbacca was in everyone and it was it just got <laughs> there was a it got a little weird and so I'm trying to avoid the obvious romantic uh character in the mirror, but with Miss Piggy, it's a pretty big part of of what she her goals in in life right her love for kermit and her love for fashion and being the center of attention she wants all of those three together somehow okay speaking of alan rickman our next character is alexander dane from galaxy quest by grapthos what a saving what a saving (laughs) (laughs) which is the greatest line in cinematic history i think i'm pretty sure that's been confirmed yeah, it's right. on every list of all time. I think this is Alan Rickman's best role. It's I know that's fantastic. maybe an unpopular opinion with the likes of Snape, but... I can't say it's his uh, best role. I just... I, I can. I will say that. It is a thing I will say is... Have you seen him as Colonel Brandon? Come I on. have, and I love Colonel Brandon, but he doesn't get to show his comedic chops very often. It's true. And he, he plays the, you know, the the so-called straight man character, the serious comedic character but so funny that gap between by grabthar's hammer what a savings is just (laughs) so like i mean talk about a pregnant pause like that's just yeah it's a masterpiece and that's that's his chance to to show his comedy side i think in a way that you don't really see him much i mean snape's never funny can you think of a time when snape's funny more coincidentally than meaning to be Mm, yeah like when you see Neville's Bogart of Snape That's dressed true, but his... that's not actually Snape. Right. And That's Alan Rickman being funny. I guess I yeah, I guess that's kind of what I said, but And then you've got um oh when he knocks Harry and Ron's heads together during that's like true. study hall. That's pretty good. That's true. Still Grapthar's hammer can't beat that. Okay, so then <laughs> what does Alexander Dane see in the mirror of Erised? more flames i apologize but like his prost his prosthesis his alien prosthesis that he has to wear on his head all the time yeah, the, is on fire because i think he hates that thing but i feel like there's a bit of a progression there because he's really grown to hate his character you know at, at the beginning of the movie that's where we see him but at the yeah. end of the movie i feel like he's that's kind fair. of embraced it more so it depends where we're at yeah. also i think he just wants some recognition too Yes. Like that moment when he's um, just saved all like hundreds of aliens from being suffocated and he's putting out his arms like they're going to start cheering for me and then they start cheering for Tim Allen's character and he's just so right. upset by that. I think he, he wants that recognition. So he wants his own Mirror of Erised full of adoring fans. What do you mean? You know, people to praise him, to appreciate him too. Like that's what he sees? In the yes, movie. that's what he sees. I think he wants his friend to not be dead, that alien that he made friends mm. with. That's pretty sad. Yes. Well, what about one mighty Thor? What would he see in the mirror of Erised? Oh, the god of thunder. Sparkles. Yeah, sparkling Um. fingers. I think he'd have a very similar experience to Harry's, where he sees his family back together. Interesting. By the time, well, where we are right now in the Marvel, with Endgame about to come out, um, he would love to see his 
mother, father, and Loki yeah, I was gonna back say, is, together. Is Loki there? I think in the so. mirror, in the reflection. I think so too. I think after Ragnarok, they've made peace. I mean, he was pretty upset when Loki, spoiler, gets choked by Thanos. He, Thor was pretty upset there. Do you think he misses Mjolnir? I mean, it was comparable to losing a friend, as Korg said. I agree that it's you know he was very sad about it but i think his new weapon does it have a name i don't know what yeah name. remember they make fun of it uh like stormbreaker i think is that right oh that sounds and right rockets like that's a bit uh on bit the much. nose or yeah, something, something like yeah that. <laughs> that's right <laughs> i like that name but i always thought that like maybe someone can explain this i felt like infinity war sort of went back a bit on what ragnarok was saying thematically like thor doesn't need an object and he can just control lightning but then the whole infinity war he's searching for a way to make this axe shouldn't he not need the axe at that point or is his you know lightning power he just knows it's not strong enough he needs something more yeah maybe it's a way of you know the way mjolnir was it's another way to harness his abilities but a, a greater weapon for harnessing maybe all right from jurassic park not mr dna dr ellie sattler the botanist, paleobotanist. I think she says right at the beginning. She sees her and Grant with a couple of kids running around a dig site. Yeah, she wants some kids. But she wants to keep doing what she loves. That's why Jurassic Park 3 is so depressing, because she marries someone else. Really? Yeah. I feel like I've seen pieces of the further Jurassic Park, but yeah, nothing. I haven't seen them all. I won't be negative, but just nothing beats the first one. That's... That's what I'll say. Can't beat the first one. She's got to want more than just kids, though. Kids, and I think she's already in her, you know, her chosen career. Mm, I think she's very happy in that career. So I think she sees her and Dr. Grant around the dig site with some little children running around. Yeah, but now I'm just picturing Dr. Grant messing with his kids, just like he messes with that one kid. (laughs) He pulls out the velociraptor claw when his children are misbehaving. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Grant's probably a... No, I, I think he'd be a good dad, but yeah, that... That freaks me out a little bit. No, you see how he comes to care for Timmy and Lex? Yeah. There we go. Timmy and Lex. In the movie. In the book, Lex is one of the most annoying characters. She's younger than Tim in the book. Oh, they swapped it. she just doesn't have any function other than being a little kid. Like in the movie, Tim is smart about dinosaurs. Lex has her time to shine about like computers and stuff. Right. And neither of them are like annoying or just weight you know right in the book it's a little bit different but so you would say that's an improvement from the book to the movie absolutely yeah Interesting. that was one of the i haven't read that book i like them both yeah i i don't know that's one of those ones that i still think the movie might be better which is a rare thing okay alfred pennyworth from batman right right from batman okay the pennyworth thing threw me for a second i don't know if i knew well, his last name that's okay I, for a long time when we were, i was little i didn't know his name was pennyworth and me and my siblings used to always have debates about his last name because in the old Batman and Batman and Robin, it's not really old, but I guess it's old from the 90s. Um, Alicia Silverstone says something about Alfred's last name. And we were debating, like, does she say Pennyworth? So we always had this long debate about whether or not she did say Pennyworth. And uh, But yeah, that is his last name. It just makes me think of Money Penny. Money which, Penny. Yeah, just another funny name. Mm. The British people like their money names. Is that what we're... I guess. <laughs> so what would Alfred see in the mirror? vacation away from bruce it's like give me a rest please i still have lego batman on the mind and so like that version of alfred and that version of of batman in my mind alfred would really want a vacation after all his hard hours 
Because in The Dark Knight Rises, he clearly goes on some sort of vacation at the very, very end. Right. And we get the sense that he has traveled before, you know, when he tells when he tells Bruce that he, you know, always goes to Italy. Goes and to that cafe or whatever. Yeah, that cafe. Yeah. So maybe he'd, he'd love to be more of a world traveler. I wonder if he would also, because Bruce probably sees his parents, if, if we were talking about Bruce, what Bruce would see in the mirror. I kind of feel like Alfred would see the same. Right, so see the whole Wayne family back together there yeah. in the manor. Because I think he feels like he is a member of the family. I think he loved them as as anyone else could love them. He would have to if, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Wayne. Do you know their names? I don't yeah, know Thomas names. and Martha. Martha, yeah. why did you say that name? You don't get that reference? Nope, went right over my head. That's from uh, Batman v Superman. The only reason Batman and Superman stop fighting is because both their mom's names are Martha. Oh, that sounds vaguely And so it was a mocking point for a long time. It still kind of is the, why did you say that name? I can't do the voice, but yeah. <laughs> Anyways, you're just looking at me like I'm, a, <laughs> like I'm a doofus. Yes, Thomas and Martha Wayne. My favorite doofus. It's okay. You don't have other favorite doofuses? No. Let's rank our favorite doofuses. <laughs> Mostly it's the just you and the me. children. <laughs> yeah. Their kids are pretty weird, too. They are, but they don't know better. I should know better to not be a doofus. Don't be a doofus. Don't be a doofus. Don't, he says goofus, though. Goofus. What's that from? Don't be a goofus. Why, don't well, be don't a tell goofus. me. Hold on. I'm going to think of it. Don't tell me. I can, like, hear his voice, <laughs> but I can't see it. Oh, wait. Oh, I almost got it. No. Nope. <laughs> it left me. You want to give me some no. other quotes from yeah, the movie? Give me a clue. Oh, it can't be a too easy of one, though. Yeah, no, yeah, it's got to be a hard clue. Don't be a goofus. Oh, dang it, I almost had it again. I hate <laughs> this feeling when it's like I could almost see the actor and then it leaves me. It's not Mighty Ducks, right? Nope. For some reason, I'm picturing um, that kid. What's his name? Now that's going to... Okay, now I've got two things to try to remember. <laughs> what's the kid's name for Mighty Ducks and what's Don't Be a Goofus? Well, Don't Be a Goofus is the same movie as... You want some? You want a s'more? S'more what? Oh, okay. Smalls. That was too easy. Yeah. I was Sandlot. Trying to, I was trying to a hard one, but they're also... Sandlot's so quotable, I feel like they're all easy. Give it away. I was going to say, you know, you eat your mama's toe jam or... That would have been a better that one. That would have been a better one? Yeah. It would have taken me a second to get that one. What about... Windy peppercorn. That one, no, that's too easy. That's too easy. Um, bacon like a toasted cheeser. It's so hot out here. See, when, when I was thinking clues, you, I would think like behind the scenes stuff. Like it was filmed in filmed Salt Lake in City, Utah, <laughs> and has James Benny Earl Jones. That took me a little bit. Rodriguez. Good old Benny the Jet in a pickle. Okay, we are off track, and I that Mighty Ducks actor's name is going to come to me soon. But for now, we can move on to the world's greatest superhero doreen green squirrel girl doreen the greatest hero i'm not saying that facetiously we both believe that doreen green aka squirrel girl is the greatest superhero she's amazing in the pantheon of comic book characters if you haven't read any of her comics do it yeah if you can't get into comics she's there's also the the young adult fiction written by shannon hale just prose that's good too you know there's two books in that Serious? I hope she's writing more. Probably, I would think. I hope they've done well. I don't know. I haven't really looked into it. Which I was thinking of at the beginning of the year, we did that episode. We were talking about movies and books. And I was like, I haven't really read any new, or I haven't read any books this past year. But I actually did. Oh, I you read, read that one. Or, and Girl. it was like after that episode, Squirrel I thought of World. like a few other new books that I'd read, and that was one of them. And oh no, Squirrel Meets World is the first one. Too fast, too 
Uh, too fuzzy, too, too furious. Too fuzzy, too furious. I don't. It's something, something like punny, yes. but uh, <laughs> great humor, great character. But what would she see in the mirror of Arised? I think she's the type of person that would have like lots of desires. Like there'd be a lot of things going on in the reflection. Like really quick flashes. No, just all style. at once. Like up here in this corner, something's happening. Over here in this corner, something happening. Right behind her, something's happening. Like Hydra is also burning to the ground over on the side. And But I don't think that's the only greatest desire she has. I think there's other things there. Like See, piles of nuts. One of the things I acorns. like about Squirrel Girl is I feel like her desires are pretty simple. She's got her friend, Anna Sophia, and she's got her best human friend, Anna Sophia. Mm-hmm. And she's got her best squirrel friend, um, Tippy Toe. So, and then I think she'd have a ton of nuts. And she hates crime. You don't think she would like see crime non-existent True. in the world? I think world. she would love to be Squirrel Girl all the time and not just Doreen. Girl. Not have to hide yeah. her tail Not have her to hide her pants. tail. Yep. So maybe that would be it. That, like ultimate acceptance. That's fair. Get to be Squirrel Girl whenever she wants and Doreen Green. Like it doesn't have to be a, a secret. Yeah. Okay, this one's fun. Our kids are huge Peanuts fans. So Marcy from the Peanuts, what would she see? Yeah, I put her, her here because she's your favorite or one of your favorites and she is my favorite i feel like she and i would connect <laughs> yeah i think so too if you were to pick a peanuts character you, that you're most like who would it be casey mine's probably charlie brown i think i'm a bit charlie brown ish don't you think i do i was waiting for you to use the word i gave you <laughs> no see i'm saving that you're for saving it for here right there uh. and there you see that one <laughs> on the list he's much more that thing <laughs> Yeah, Charlie Brown. We call our kids Charlie Brown when they walk out of the room defeated, the heads hanging. Which they seem to be getting better at it. Like there's some intense flexibility and balance that goes into really hanging your head low and also walking at the same time. Like Not it's, running into something. It is so exaggerated that I don't know how they don't fall over. And it's impressive. And it's true skill. Next time they do it, I should uh, note Applaud that. Applaud them. Because <laughs> normally I just hum the Charlie Brown song as they do it. But uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give them some praise. Way to go, buddy! Way to go! Because <laughs> yeah, they're getting really good at it. Back to Marcy, though. Yeah, Marcy. Hmm. Her own library. I was gonna say something library-ish. She's bookish. Yeah. In the best sense, but she's also a good friend. Maybe if she could get her peanuts friends to actually read some books with her, so she'd have people her own age to discuss things with. Yeah. At first, I was gonna say like maybe the ultimate book club. That's what she wants. At first, I was going to say maybe Marcy would see herself being better at sports, but I don't think she cares about that. I think she would rather her friends care less about sports and be more into what she likes. Yeah, she seems to do the sports thing to hang out with her friends. Yeah. Which is a good way. It's great. She's reaching out. Yeah. But she would prefer to have them in her reading circle. Yeah. All right. Next one, Frankenstein's monster. I think he would see himself reading with Marcy. (laughs) His new best friend. Yeah. Because if you remember in the book, he he's like memorizing books. He's teaching himself to read. Frankenstein's monster loves books. And I think there would also be a library involved in his reflection, much like Marcy's. But he does also ask for a Mrs. Frankenstein's monster. True. He wants a companion. He's so lonely. That doesn't work out so well, but... Or maybe he just wants... You know, if the human populace wouldn't be so terrified by him, then he wouldn't be so lonely that way. But they would also be reading with him. So acceptance mm-hmm. and a good book. Yeah. What more do we need in life? That's, that's what any <laughs> of us want. Okay, I'm impressed by this one. 
that you put it on the list. Elizabeth Bennet of Pride and Prejudice. I've got wide tastes. <laughs> You've never read the book, though. I'm setting you up for the word usage, by the way. I've got wide tastes. Widespread tastes. You've forgotten the word already, No, I know the word. Oh. I just don't want you to feed it to me. Oh. That's too easy, sir. Yeah. Okay, I fine. refuse. You're right. That was unfair. Um, Elizabeth Bennet. Hmm. Maybe we just have a lot of bookish characters, but I feel like she would have good books in her mirror. I think she and Darcy just hang out reading Sunday nights. Yeah, I feel like she gets what she wants for the most part. I agree. I think she would choose a few different things for her sister's fates. No, you know what? I think she would see society being less uh, silly, less uh, formal. and I mean, the whole thing is kind of the whole thing with Jane Austen. And I haven't read Jane Austen, so this is me mansplaying Jane Austen <laughs> is is isn't I'll, I'll ask it as a question because i don't know so then i'm not mansplaining is isn't jane austen's whole thing about being like a satire of the society right yeah very much she disagrees with a lot of what her society did and especially to women isn't are most of her main characters sort of also in the same vein kind of uh um what's the word uh like relegated to certain roles but they also dislike it and want to fight against it. Like, don't you think Elizabeth Bennet is the type that she finds it all silly and Elizabeth's nonsense? a little more progressive. Some of the other characters, not as much. Okay, okay, that makes sense. I just wondered if maybe in the mirror she would see that society and the... Votes for women? The, She's ahead of her not, time? Well, yes, the women thing, but not just that, just um, the formality of it all and how it all works and the, I don't know, red tape, so to speak. And clearly you can tell I haven't really ever gone much into depth with Jane Austen society so I'm not even finding the right words trying to get you to take that Jane Austen class with me in college you you didn't didn't. you never asked me to take that class there was probably some kind of conflict I don't know why because you should have taken I probably had my Tolkien class no because I think we were married you had Tolkien before we were married yes I had Jane Austen after we were married that's right yeah hey I'd rather be in Jane Austen than like new historicism or something that I was probably in. Yeah, absolutely. So. Or the, uh, what was the second class we were in together? We had editing together. No, but the one before we started dating. Oh, before we started dating? Yes. Oh, um, Deb's class, not Deb's class, uh, Laura Hamblin's class? Yes. Her class was um, a lot of postmodernism, but I don't think that's what the class no, I think was. It, I feel like, well, the postmodernism like went over my head. For I th- sure. <laughs> I think postmodernism is supposed to go be people's heads. No one knows what postmodernism is, which is what postmodernism is. is. Yeah. I hope I get some comments about that explaining to me what postmodernism is. Please yeah. do, because no one understands it, and I I refuse to we think We took a whole class, it, and I'm still missing things. Yeah. But she also didn't really try to teach it to us. She just threw a book at us that was like, I think the book itself was trying to be postmodern in its structure, and so I didn't. It was a bit too much for me. And I like meta stuff, but that was a bit too meta. I don't know. We're She's going gonna, way back no, here. No, Laura Hamblin's going to listen to our podcast and be so mad No, at Laura Hamblin knows <laughs> that I like her. I mean, she, I was a TA for her later after that in poetry. And she's a great teacher of poetry. But I don't think it was... No, it was just theories. It was all different theories of theories literary, literature. literary analysis. Mm. Um, so there were multiple theories. Yeah. That's right. We kind of covered a broad spectrum. Yeah, because there was, there was feminism in there. There was... That's right. Um, and I remember enjoying the rest, all those other 
discussions of theories and literature. Yeah. But then when we got to postmodernism, I was like, again, I don't even think we discussed sense. it much. She threw a book at us and we didn't really talk about it. So maybe she doesn't even like postmodernism and didn't want to cover it, but she had, she had to. I don't know. And Could now be. we've lost our audience. So <laughs> <laughs> congratulations, Casey. Bring it on back. What, Reel it why, back did, in. Wait, why did you bring up Laura Hamblin? I don't even remember where this started. Let's go oh, back to Jane Elizabeth Austin Bennett. class, probably. Yeah. Something about that. Anyways, yeah. Our college history. Yeah. No, uh, Laura Hamblin was great. She's the one that told me we only have so many exclamation points we can use. But this was yes a few years ago, and I feel like... Kind of pre-texting all the time. Uh, there, there was texting all the time, but the... Uh, the punctuation point of the period didn't have as much baggage as it does now. <laughs> um, right. Now so a period always just feels so Now a period means different angry. things than it did in, in 2010, 2009, whatever year it was. Um, anyways, where are we? We are on Anne of Green Gables. Yay. One of your favorites. I love Anne. I think she sees her ability to be more free in society and do what she wants. I could definitely see that. She kind of, I mean, it's pretty impressive that she does go for what she wants. She goes on to, you know, be a teacher, but that is still a generally accepted profession for women. So long as they don't get married, you know, then they could be a teacher forever. It's kind of like a placeholder. You're cool to be a teacher until you get married. But no, I think in the Mirror of Error said she sees the ability to just be, yeah, a little, a little more wild, a little more free out in nature. She's always, you know, she wants to be in a, a place of... Um, a place ubiquitous with flowers and all kinds of greenery so that she can think and, and form her own poetry and you know she's very creative like that now since you said your word before I said my word does that mean I, I didn't come up with any rules to this or like <laughs> rewards so like do I give you a high five do we give each other high fives once we both use it mm. are high fives not involved at all I'm just curious what the what do you think the reward should be should there be a reward isn't the using of a wonderful word its own reward? That's boring, but true. <laughs> I just think it's more fun if it's just slid in there, and maybe our listeners didn't even remember it. So that we shouldn't. Was my word. So I shouldn't comment on it. No. Okay. Just let it be. I don't know. Okay. We'll just have a just let it. We'll just have a high five in the background. So then, when you hear no comment, but a high five. Mm. So then when, yeah, if that's your... A slap of hands, then you know... <laughs> that's your cue that, oh, the other person just said their word. Yeah. But what if I want to high-five you just because I'm not allowed now? You never high-five me. We high-five every day. <laughs> Lies. <laughs> I high-five you, hello. I high-five good, <laughs> goodbye. Or high-five high at night, family. in the morning, and somewhere in between. There's always high-fives going on. Celebrations all the time. High-five, high-five. Way to go, buddy. Way to go. What would Atticus Finch of To Kill a Mockingbird see? Neither of us have read the sequel because I hear that it sort of tears down Atticus Finch. So this is just coming from To Kill a Mockingbird book and or movie with the great Gregory Peck. I was going to say, Gregory Peck. Our friend Lindsay used to always say that she had a huge crush on Gregory Peck, which I understand, but I used to give her grief because Gregory Peck is no longer living. I was probably a bit harsh because I love Gregory Peck. So <laughs> I can see where she's coming from. But what would he see? Something noble. A better time. Yeah. A better future for his children. Yeah. A more progressive future. And just for people in general of all you know, races, colors, creeds. I think we tend to 
project our own mirror of error said things on our characters apparently because they all either want like a better society or more books in their lives oh, so this is really about us <laughs> so this is really just playing a up psychological what study we want. of what we want in life and and maybe i've picked characters um subconsciously that reflect that yeah. even more i don't yeah you're this wrinkling is, you're wrinkling is, my brain this is like the yeah the the Ink blot test, were they called? Rorschach. Rorschach, mm-hmm. yeah, test. It's like that, but mirror of error said style. Oh, man. And we think that we're saying what everybody else would want, but really it's what we would desire because they're all coming up the same. You have a unique way of giving me existential crises, so <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, you appreciate that I stress you out. Yeah. Well, everything stresses me out, so you stress me out more, which is why I love you and I picked you. <laughs> Okay, now let's move on to Mr. Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh, the most lugubrious character of all lugubrious characters, even more so than Charlie Brown. And uh, and <laughs> thanks for the high five. <laughs> for those listening, I just clapped my hands because <laughs> Valerie totally didn't even give me a high five. My so. own rule from two minutes ago. I already spaced it. Yeah. The magic it's of podcasting. You all thought that that was a real true high five. It was not. I don't know. I think they I sound I clapped my hands together with a tear going down my... Okay, let's test it. Can mm. you tell which was which, audience? We need to look at our elbows <laughs> while we high-five because it's always louder. <laughs> Such a weird thing. No, I'm done high-fiving. You... You gonna leave me hanging? Is that the worst phrase of all time? Leave me hanging? Well, you left me hanging. <laughs> it's so annoying. <laughs> annoying, yeah. Leave me hanging. That is a strange... It's weird. Okay, Eeyore. What would Eeyore see in the mirror of Erised? A bed of thistles. I think he likes being sad, though. Yeah, like, some people do. I feel do. like he mm-hmm. goes out of his way to be sad. Like, they invite him to a party, and he's like, they'll probably pass me down their cast-off leftover food bits. That's mm. fine. Like, But he doesn't go to the fact that they invited him to a party. And obviously, they'll give him some good food, too, not just the cast-off pieces. <laughs> Well, we were talking about the Peanuts gang and which one of them is us. And I'm pretty sure I'm, not all the time, but occasionally I can be an Eeyore. An Eeyore? Which Winnie the Pooh character? Oh, I already know which one you're going to say. Because you tell me all the time, you're Kanga. I'm always the mother figure. I can't say always, but like nine times out of ten, I relate most to the mother figure. I think I see bits of myself in all of them, and maybe that's the point right i think so because when you're when you're scared you feel a little bit like piglet i'm so much a piglet maybe you're more I'm probably more, more of a piglet, piglet than eeyore I'd my voice maybe true. maybe it's just because i have an eeyore voice that i like think of myself as an eeyore but because i don't feel like you choose to be sad so much as you tend to worry about things like piglet yeah i'm probably more of a piglet i'm a piglet who sounds like eeyore that's me yes and you're just you're next time of... you need a byline <laughs> that's casey not... winters a piglet who sounds like an it's Eeyore. It's the top of my resume. <laughs> because that's what an employer wants to hear and read. Oh, this guy is an, a piglet who sounds like Eeyore? That sounds great. What a great. selling point. Let's let him work with kids. That'd be great. <laughs> okay, one of our most favorite. We never said what Eeyore. Oh, well, I said. You said a bed of thistles. A bed of thistles and a choice to be said. Okay, mm. one of our favorite current tv characters beverly goldberg from the goldbergs oh man 
the original smother, as she is titled. She's been really into her cookbook lately. She has. If you're up to date so on So is that her greatest episodes. desire, or is it something family-related? Or is it just swimming in shrimp parm? I think it's having her children with her forever. Eating constantly. She gets to feed them from her famous cookbook, but she also just has her children around her all the time. And they're, they stay young forever. Right, they I can't mean, every grow episode up. is about, she did, is like resisting their growth You know, the other progress. two, she doesn't, the older two, she doesn't seem to mind as much, but Adam, she's like, Adam needs to stay a boy forever. Yeah. Maybe, I think it's just a baby thing. Yeah. You want your baby to be your baby forever. Poor Adam. So that's what she sees in the mirror of Arisad, is just Adam as a perpetual baby. Yes. <laughs> All right, our last one, Mary Poppins. Okay, Mary Poppins is one of my all-time favorite characters, possibly because Julie Andrews is one of my all-time favorite actresses. She's practically perfect in every way, so does that mean she doesn't see anything in the mirror? That was what I was going to say. If you can view yourself as practically perfect, what's there to see in a mirror? Yeah, she's also not human. I'm convinced of that. No, she's a wizard. A wizard? Obviously. She lives in England. You you haven't heard this theory? Oh, I have heard it slightly, but... But keep going. That uh, Mary Poppins like went to Hogwarts, but like loves Muggles, and so she wants to work with them. And so this is like her chosen profession as a wizard, or as a witch, I should say. Um, I- down to the fact that you know you think about things like Hagrid has his umbrella that actually encloses his wand, mm-hmm. and she has a magic umbrella. Plus, she has all kinds of other magical artifacts. You know, you think about. Her carpet bag that opens up. So Hermione. Just like yeah. Hermione's little beaded clutch. Okay, then the question is, and this is, I totally am sold on this canon. What is the creature in her umbrella? Is that like the soul? Is that is it a Horcrux? Or is it just the soul of someone that she's trapped? Or I don't think it's quite it... that. I think it's more of an inanimate object that's been, it's more like the sorting hat. Okay, but you're working under the assumption that Mary Poppins is a good character. <laughs> Which she, she is helping not. children. No, she projects herself into mirrors, and then that character moves around in the mirror. And and uh, have you make, ever? That se- doesn't make her evil. Have you ever seen the old viral YouTube video, Scary Mary? No. Where someone re- recut scenes from Mary Poppins to be a horror movie? <laughs> it's glorious. It's from. It's a long time ago, like ancient early, YouTube, history. early days of YouTube. Yeah, yeah. That's gonna be a class that somebody takes Protean in, in high school sometime. <laughs> the original. <laughs> Probably the will be. We laugh, of but it will be. <laughs> no, I think it's a Horcrux. I think it's more like the Sorting Hat. She just, you know, uh, in, in, imbued it with some magic. I think people think. I think people think that the Sorting Hat is also an evil object. Or was that us that said? Was that me that said that? <laughs> that must be you. I have heard no one else say it. He was created by the founding fathers of Hogwarts. Yeah. So if he has a little bit of Slytherin in him. A little Gryffindor, a little Hufflepuff, little... Yeah, it was me. I was saying that, remember... Would then have a little bit of each of their personalities, which makes him just a well-rounded person. I had said that Slytherin took someone and killed them, and then that was the soul that he used to create the sorting hat. Didn't I say that? I don't remember it. It's possible, though. Hmm. We talk about a lot of things. I can't remember Thanks for the high five. Um, You're always clapping um, your own hands. Mighty Ducks. What was his name? (laughs) It's something alliterative. It's a and it's an alliterative name. Cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater. Josh something. It's Josh. No, is no his name in the movie is Josh. It's not Emilio Estevez. Because um, that one's alliterative. Well, thank you for joining us in this episode of Hello from Elsewhere. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at elsewhere underscore pod, 
or visit our website, hellofromelsewhere.media. Don't forget to rate and review and subscribe to our podcast. It will really help us. And Pass along. If you like yeah. an episode, share it with a friend. We want to keep doing this, so please tell your friends if you like us and get them to listen. And We really appreciate all of you who listen. We could not do it without you, and uh, and we love doing it. So we hope to do it for a long, long time and you know, at least 10 more episodes, right? 10 more years. 10 more years. Yeah. we got 10 more years in us. All right. Happy beeps. Happy beeps. Joshua Jackson, that's his name. <laughs>